But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. There's been some new regulations and updates about power converters that we're trying to work through. So. I guess we're going to talk about X-Wing, which has none of those issues going on right now. Yeah, they're uh, calling it Power Converter 3.0. Uh, that's True. a weird name for uh, it. They ruined Power Converters, actually. That's yeah, what I've heard, yeah. yeah. You can't even were... use them anymore. Uh, I, hear people, I hear people are fighting back, and they're going to keep using 2.0 Power Converters. It's actually invalidated every Power Converter that's come before it and been used. Like, Well, rather than burying the lead, hi, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I forgot we hadn't done this. I'm Alex Smith. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Pork Jenkins. And we have got a packed episode today. Uh, we went to Crossroads. There is a Depticon coming up, and there have been sweeping changes to literally everything X-Wing related. Let's get into it. But first, uh, we have a very special uh, thing going on. As we are recording this on uh, Monday, February 28th, it is somebody's birthday. My Who's father, birthday? Bob Howe. Our father, Bob Howe. Howe. He's old now. Hi, Bob. You're my favorite Howe still. Same. Low bar to clear. Hey, Uh, Andrew Howe from high school is pretty cool. I have no idea who that is, but... Some guy I went to high school with. That guy sucks. Bob Howe's my favorite dad. True. My dad doesn't listen to this podcast, so yeah! (laughs) Yeah. Bob has been supporting us since day one, so in all honesty, happy birthday, Bob. We really missed seeing you last weekend. Uh, Hope you're having a great one. So... For folks uh, who have not spent the last week or so touring the Outer Rim, AMG published the newest changes to the rules reference, uh, changes to points list, changes to everything, scenarios, squad points, loadouts, new rules. We'll get into all of those. But first, uh, we all went on the, well, not all of us, actually, 75% of us went on the Tashi Station Crossroads Road oh. Trip. It was a brutal bait and switch, Matthew. <laughs> straight slam Borg Jenkins into the ground. Oh, oh gosh. Well, the, the, we had a plan. We, we had an ironclad plan. I even saw you that morning. Exactly. Because I took you to the rental place. No plan survives contact with a three and a one-year-old. Uh Greg, let our listeners know what happened. Well, we got hit with a some stupid bug, and the kids got sick. And yeah. so uh, the responsible thing to do was to stay behind and help Donna with the children. Absolutely. I mean, one of, one of them, your you know, licensed nurse wife, could probably have dealt with. But both of them deciding to betray PhD you like that. PhD wife. Let's not short Donna. Yes. A uh, doctorate in nurse practitioner, I think they call it. Indeed, and not to sell her short at all, but yet even a doctorate in nurse practitioner with two sick toddlers, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. You, did, you did the right thing there. So we uh, had to call an audible the morning of, especially since the we were supposed to leave on Friday morning, the Thursday... <laughs> Thursday we got hit with a massive... Fucking snow. nine inches of snow yeah. oh, during you- the... You know what wasn't the right call? Driving to Kansas City, uh, it took me two and a half hours. Yeah, that yeah. was, that that was, was I was like, right I got to go. I got to get you guys your hats. And I said that I would take Matt to the rental car place. And I was like, so I'm going to do it. 
And then I saw, what was it, 19 disabled vehicles? Yeah, a flipped over truck on fire. It was like... Oh, yeah, that was cool. You had like Fury Road coming out of Topeka. Yeah. Uh, that so, was, it was a long drive. Yeah. I was I was on the road for like five hours that day. Dang, and all I did Indianapolis was go point, home. Like, yeah. Yeah. When you let us know, yeah. we're, home, we're like, we, we finally got out of traffic. So yeah, Greg came in, grabbed me, and uh, took me to go get our vehicle uh that we rented for the weekend and then i drove got uh doug and alex and we headed up there doug you did most of the driving so uh how did our uh 2022 chrysler pacifica of which we were the first users to rent that sucker uh how'd that go uh yeah so for the long-awaited second van review after literally two years um it was good it wasn't as good as the first one i don't think uh I mean the the driving situation was I would say slightly better. It had a it had a couple nice features like with cruise control and stuff like that. Um, but I know Smell has some problems in the back seat. No, it did. It just so the new one. Uh, not only did it have cruise control, it told you the exact speed uh, it was set at, rather than just like like every other cruise. Like you set it to it, and it'll show it on the speedometer. But like right. when you turn it off, it won't show what it was at previously. It would oh. it would tell you what a previous speed was, which was kind of nice. Just a neat feature. Uh, okay. Which was useful because from leaving Independence until we hit, like, middle Indiana, we were like, 45 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour, we're up to 70, we're back down to 30. It was just, traffic was insane. Yeah, it was a rough trip for traffic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, uh, and then I know was... Smell had problems with uh, with cup holders in the back seat. At least at they first. were very, very far away from the seats. <laughs> <laughs> like once we discovered where they were, they were very far away. Otherwise, it was good. Um, I had an issue driving, but it was had so many headrests on the back seat, and I'm a avid rear window checker, mm-hmm. so that I lost quite a bit of vision at the back. But otherwise. Uh, yeah, when I, I did that as well. The rear view camera was also pretty permanently frosted over, but that's more the weather's <laughs> fault than the van's fault. Yeah, so they had frost and they covered in salt, and then. Hmm. But it did have a ton of room. We picked up our friend Brian so that rude. night, and Brian is six seven, so he takes up a a significant amount of volume in a vehicle, and no problems at all getting in and out of that thing. Power doors on both sides. Uh, the world's slowest power hatchback. Uh, that thing took like a full minute and a half to raise and lower. It, did, yeah. it was even harder to close. Uh, but uh, good time. We picked up Brian. We got ourselves to the Airbnb uh, late enough. Normally when we do these trips, I try and at least cook one dinner there. But we were just so fried from being on the road. They were like, nope, it is. Uh, what did we do the first night? Steak and shake? Steak and shake. Yeah, steak and yeah, shake the first night. Which I hadn't had for a while. Uh so some minor issues with Steak and Shake, not being clear about whose order they were calling out for what, because I think <laughs> I picked up three different milkshakes that did not belong to me at different points. Uh, it brought the boys to the yard. That's the important thing. Precisely. So Plus. we mostly ate hamburgers on that trip. <laughs> Pretty much. All, all but on our way back. Uh, White we, Castle for lunch, and then we did Red Robin for dinner. That's brilliant. Also, and shout then, out to the madman Mark Myers, who bought oh, everybody Red Robin. 12 people's dinner. Absolute Mark. G on Saturday after the tournament. What a yeah. legend. That sounds that was, Oh, I bet it was. Uh, Mark, if you have earned any uh, spouse aggro from that, uh, we owe you, man, because that was that was epic. Thank you so much. Not just for that, for the you know companionship. We got to see people we hadn't seen in years. Uh, I got, you know... That finally, you know, my Mark Myers hug that made everything right with the world for a few minutes. Uh, 
It, it was great. Family time games, of course, putting on the Crossroads Classic. They had 91 registered participants. and 87 I think, showed up. Yeah, 87 actually showed. Uh, you know, Greg wasn't able to make it. Uh, folks like uh, Pete Rose had the same problem, I believe, coming out of uh, northern Indiana. I don't know. I can't remember quite where he's at. Bob but as he, well. Yeah, Bob Howe wasn't able to make it because of uh, sickness in the family. So I assume also that Doug's cousin registered and that didn't show one by uh, yeah but it was i mean it was great family time games always puts on a great thing for being a store event and having close to 90 people there weren't problems with getting around in the place uh no one felt really crowded uh we're not small dudes and it felt actually reasonably comfortable i never thought i didn't have enough space to play so yeah yeah I mean, not at all it was yeah, like, like they, the they, They've, they've, they're set up pretty much the same way they were every time. And uh, the actual table space you get is plenty. Um, little cramped quarters, but that's just fitting 90 people into a store. Yeah, say they ran a 120-person regional in that store one time. Oh, gosh, <laughs> that must have been madness. But, uh, yeah, run uh, by the folks at uh, Hangar 19. Hangar 19. There yeah. we go. I got it right this time. Uh, we got to see some you know good friends like Zach Bard, Adam Kemper, Stanisuski, uh, it was his that, birthday. Yes, it was. Uh, also, birthday. he wore the Gold Squadron Showdown Championship belt like a G the entire time, which <laughs> was that, our move. That was awesome. Uh, Greg mentioned that he made us our uh, TSR hats, and we had our Tashi Station Radio shirts on, which uh, got noticed a bit. The, one of the most fun moments of the weekend for me was standing in line waiting to register, and I was talking to Alex, and someone, like, Seven people in front of us turned around and went, wait, I know that voice. And it was someone I'd never met before, but they had listened to the podcast. That's the first time that's ever happened to me because we were all masked up and had hats on. Not exactly identifiable. It, it doesn't get less weird when people recognize you. I want to let you know. It's <laughs> weird every single time. Oh, Like when Doug overheard people talking about how it's no shame to lose to Doug. <laughs> and that would be so weird. Right. It was. So, yeah. So uh, getting to the point, how did we all do uh, on that first day? Uh, Doug, you were the only one of us who made the cut, and uh, you had said you were flying again the uh, Vader Defender and four academies. How did that feel against the field? Uh, it was a lot bigger struggle this week than it, or that weekend than it was the LVO the previous two weeks before. Uh, at LVO, I only had Vader halved in two out of my seven games, and he got halved in all six at Crossroads, uh, which is unusual. Uh, but it went well. I, I went four and one day one and mid cut, and then uh, went out in the top sixteen in a really close game. But it was a, it was a good time, indeed. Uh, Smittle, what did you bring? I brought a Fen round six tie fighters, six mining guild ties. Um, <laughs> I lost a really close round one, and then round two, I lost three tie fighters before I was able to shoot. So that uh that cost me that game. <laughs> and then uh I won out from there. Ended up eight. 19th overall in the second Swiss or second Scott player in Swiss. So I got I a say, nice tray. Our, our buddy, Brian, who's yeah. Our buddy, Brian, who's also running the Vader four academies was the, was all, also in three and two. Yeah, and you two were the top two, three and twos. And I yeah, think by MOV, 17th and 18th. Yeah. And by MOV, you guys, well, they were 18th, 19th. Cause 19th, there was going to be a top yeah. 17 uh, before there was a drop. Um, but I think by MOV, they both would have been like ninth and 10th or something. I think Brian would have been eighth and I would have been 10th. Yeah. 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 So they, they had great tournaments. Just those, that couple of early losses. Yeah. I, on the other hand, I went one and four. Uh, I had brought and 
Yeah, feel free to laugh. I brought Sunny Bounder with Tracer's Emissions Failsafe and six Naked Spice Runners. And you were the uh, most popular person at the tournament. Absolutely. You were the buzz. Yeah, that uh, – so what I did not know is that we also almost crashed uh, – well, we did crash uh, TTO three three times. Uh, at least, yeah. I couldn't remember about half the day. don't tell your players that pairings are up. Yeah, they they absolutely just uh, – twice they had to verbally yell out tables for everybody. Uh, but apparently when they were streaming round one, the lists went up and people watching the Gold Squadron Twitch stream were watching it and then somebody said – Somebody brought six hawks, and Dion went, what? Because Dion Morales of Gold Squadron was there streaming it, and then said, I have to get this on stream. He went and he found me for round two, but I was matched up against another scum swarm player, and he said, uh, maybe the next round. So I got to be on a stream for round three against a uh, Greg McFall with a very good Republic. Man, the Indianapolis area, that whole area loves their Republic uh, warthog and so- some beef yeah one guy created that list and then over there in person playing over the last few months most of the locals changed to that list similar to the the doug flying rack vader but over a long time period instead of four days (laughs) and And, uh spoilers it worked for him really well Uh, it did two or three of those made the cut uh, uh, Andrew Andrew Lopez, two, the winner. Yeah. The winner, yeah, Andrew Lopez. He, uh, he came up with the list according okay. to the opponent I played who played it. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, I had a great time. Uh my my stream game was just close. And it was I didn't have any games that felt well, okay, I think about I had one game that felt like I was just straight up could not do anything, and that was against uh uh the I cannot remember his last name at the moment, but Nicholas with the uh, Sarasu three Tansari Point veterans of marksmanship and uh, auto blasters, and then Kanan. When you've got Hawks and your your opponent has three agility ships that are getting rerolls, and he can reduce your man, that just felt like not a bad time because that list was doing what it was supposed to do, and it's not like I can complain about six Hawks not being competitive. Uh, it, you can, but we call you out. Right. I mean, I, I did not bring this. I was here for a good time, not for a long time. And I do want to stress <laughs> that getting back out to an in-person X-Wing tournament was a big one, was so much fun. Yes. Like, there really is nothing that compares. Right. Actually, I had so much fun going one. The last time I went one in five was LVO 2020, and I had a miserable time there with it. This was the opposite. This was flying a list that just is fun on the table, getting to be the meme of the day, having people walk over, look at my list, walk over, talk to their friends, and have their friends come up and go, I didn't believe you, but I see it now. Uh, It it was great. Uh, RIP that list. But, (laughs) yeah, it it was a great time. Thank you to everybody from Family Time Games, Gold Squadron, all of our opponents. It was a wonderful time. For sure. I do want to touch one more time about the the Warthog, because there were a lot of variants, but the Warthog was the key piece in all of them. And the specific loadout was uh, Ghost Company and Clone Commander Cody, and then I think Vibes was in most Fives, of them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so um, focuses. yeah. So the trick is, is that he takes a focus, and he tries to intentionally miss a shot against somebody, and then a shot against somebody else with Ghost Company. Uh, so with Clone Commander Cody, as long as you're canceling at least one hit or crit, then you get a strain. So he strains two people, and then he's got passive mods for all of his other ships and then they just buzzsaw through you and it's uh it's a pretty nasty list it, it, so felt, played... it felt a lot like my 1.0 sheath of pete ezra with uh stress bot and gunner but with strain 
Yeah, yeah. Um, like, so I played against it once in Swiss. And I think the round after I lost to it, Doug played the same guy. The same guy, yeah. <laughs> and the only reason I really won was uh, my academy just got a good engage because he turned it on Vader, and I got to create just a massive jam where nobody took actions the entire time, except for Vader, who was just 4 king over an entire group of ships the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to chew him down. But uh, it's it's a nasty list. To contrast my game against that opponent, when we got to combat, I had fewer TIE Fighters than Doug did and no Vader. Yeah, I just started with two more, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, again, uh, props to Andrew Lopez for winning the whole thing, and uh, look forward to the next one. It's always a great uh, And props to Adam Kempers and Joe Camino yes. and Zach Barton for putting on an awesome for, event, as per usual. And, usual. and Mark Moriarty. Yeah. 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 Uh, Who also, I have played before. Great opponent, great guy. Yeah. Also, great shout out to uh, Adam's daughter, whose name escapes me. Uh, young guy could be like six or seven. Adorable little redheaded gal who was going around handing out raffle tickets to everyone who was wearing a mask there. And she'd go over, and if she saw more than ten ships on a table, she would throw her arms in the air and shout "chaos!" And it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was having a blast. She, I was there for her energy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of feeling it around like round four or so and having her come by and be just so cheerful and polite and, you know, things like that. That's someone raising a kid right. So good on you, Adam. Well, with other tournaments that I've I say one, on, one last thing I wanted to point out was uh, one of the reasons Greg stopped by in Kansas City, even though he couldn't make it, was to drop off the dice trays that we gave away. Yeah. And they looked amazing. Greg they knocked did. them out of the park and we only got to meet one of the guys who won one, but he was super excited by it. So mm-hmm. thanks, Greg. Yeah, they were definitely the uh, most coveted raffle prizes of the weekend, I feel. Well, I mean, they were Plo Altar ships, but... <laughs> yeah, the world Plo <laughs> ship was... Uh... Yeah, no offense to Greg, but those are way rarer. <laughs> <laughs> and I already have a sweet Greg dice tray, and I, I would have felt bad taking a second one as well. True indeed. Uh, but there was another tournament this, this past weekend, the first tournament using the new rules, the Cherokee Open. Uh, run by the folks of uh, Dyson Dials down in. Uh... Oh, great! Now it just I should have written Cherokee, that down. North Carolina. There we go. And uh, uh, that one was won by Joshua Curry, who took home the win with a Vader Suntier Inquisitor. No, uh, he just won Swiss. He did not win that thing. He did not. Oh, no! Okay. It was it was another resistance. It was a Republic Seven ship. Oh list. gosh, I wrote this down completely wrong. Then, well, props to Josh Curry for doing well in Swiss. But uh, yeah, so the new rules that were. In place, this was the first tournament that ran with them. Uh, they didn't have official tournament guidelines, and we'll get to that more. But they did a great job. Uh, Stephen Parker running the whole thing, kind of having to fly by the seat of his pants. But from what it sounds like, did an incredibly enjoyable and successful tournament. Yeah, so he did one interesting thing that I, uh, until we get official tournament rules, I actually kind of encourage people in these early tournaments uh, especially if you're running five rounds. Uh, since he didn't want to have to repeat a scenario, the first round he treated it like uh, old 2.0 rules dogfight. Like, just a straight... It was still the, the new squad building, obviously, but no no scenario objectives at all. And then he started going into objectives after that. So you, you played each of them once, but you had that warm-up game to kind of get used to all the other rules as well. It was a neat idea. Right, yeah. Five-round tournament, that sounds like the smartest way to do it. And uh, our friend Brian, who is across with us, has a local friend... Um, in Boone, North Carolina, where Brian lives, who plays X, who plays he plays Xing with, and he attended, and I believe his name was Samuel. Yeah, and, uh, and he, he went, made the cut. He went three and three and two, and came in fourteenth and made the cut with a. Uh, so shout out to you, Sam, and thanks for being a listener. Um, we know you've been listening for a while, so thank you and shout out to you. All right. Well, yeah, great job out at the Cherokee Open, and we mentioned the new rules, and that is pretty much what everybody's been talking about this past week. Uh, X-Wing 2.5, as uh, AMG's been referring to it. 
the community has had some uh, different names for it, but you say these changes have been kind of divisive. I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this by now has had the chance to uh, at least read the new rules reference guide, learn how everything works. We're not going to go into it step by step. Uh, we assume you've all done that by yourself. You're all grownups. But we're going to talk a little bit about what our reactions are to it, what we like, what we're uh, still trying to wrap our brains around, and uh, where we think it's headed. Uh, Greg, you've had the chance to play at least one game using the new system. How's everything feel? Um, <clears throat> well, just for starters, uh, we played uh, Chance Encounter. Okay. The one and, that's closest to the dogfight, the standard yeah. dogfight. Yeah, we just chose that because we were like, okay, this building is already crazy, so let's just do this and we can... Um, it's... Uh, it's crazy. Like, I don't know how to... Like, you just have so many ships and so many things to put on the ships. And then you play your game, which Chance Encounter was super fun because if it didn't force us, but it had us... Uh, me make the choice, and also Tyler, to rush into the middle of the board with one ship each, and then um, our other ships actually jockeyed on their own. So then we were kind of doing this little middle thing, and I happened to put an obstacle like right there, so we were doing this like circle thing. It was actually really fun to see what we were going to come up with, like how we were going to engage. Um, it was it was pretty legit. Um, what I'm getting so far uh, from this list building, because that's really the biggest part that I've taken it, because everything else is just the same game. Um, I think I took one range zero attack, which I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, I've taken, I think I took one range zero because I didn't have another shot and it didn't do anything. So it was just like, oh, okay, well, this is opportune, like whatever. Um, and then other than that, it was the exact same game. Uh, we realized that because we were trying to remember things, we only did like four rounds, uh, but they were long. Like we played for like oof, at least an hour and a half or more. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, it just seems like you can do so much. And somebody was saying like, you can do so much until you can't like, you know, Oh, I really want to put all of these things on there. Well, you can't. Um, <laughs> but I flew three B wings. So it was 10 Hera. Mm-hmm. Gina, all all decked out, and then it was Ezra with heightened perception, uh, chopper, and hull upgrade, and then it was just a blount. So that's Sheathapede Ezra. No, that was a uh, Tie Fighter Ezra. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's hard and, to uh, say because you get upgrades on all of them now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got that's actually a lot more specific with which version of Ezra. Tie Fighter Ezra gets a crew slot. Yeah, the, that was kind of neat. Like, okay, so, but that's what I flew. And I had prox mines on everybody. And I had everything on everybody. Like, I was just like, I, I, okay. And also, at this point in my life, slash X-Wing career, I would like to bring one upgrade or two. Like, I, my other list, my Chewy and, uh, what, I had five uh, fireballs. Mm-hmm. I had one upgrade. And I was okay with that. And now... <laughs> they're like, no, you get to bring all these things. And I'm like, all right, but I'm not going to remember them. Like, right. so that's where I'm at. Uh, but it was a lot of fun and it felt like the same game. It was just really neat to have that like extra. Uh, actually, I don't think either of us actually scored a point because we were in the middle of the board. Um, ooh, and what it did do, 
Uh, I know I'm getting long-winded here. But it, what it did do is Tyler did two K-turns with Chewie in the middle of the board in the asteroid field. Chewie as in Falcon Chewie. And uh, previously, uh, what you would have done is you would have flown through and then rotated your arc and done it too hard or something. But because he wanted to stay in the middle of the board, he did four Ks. And it was like, what? Why would you do, like, oh my gosh, okay. If you give him and, a lane. Yeah, and he was like, well, I wanted to stay in the middle of the board. I wanted, to, I had to come back. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of neat. Like, it, otherwise, that wouldn't have been a thing. There's no reason you just stay in the middle of the board. So right. that was cool. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, yeah. But that's really my, my experience was just a little bit of list building, uh, my shock and awe with list building, and then <laughs> my fun game with Tyler. So. Yeah, one of the things that you mentioned is the same thing that I've seen pop up a lot. It's almost like you are drowning in choices for loadout for ships mm -hmm. now. But if you're flying lower point cost ships, they usually have low. I think Ezra has, what, six points to spare? Uh, eight. No, eight, yeah, eight points to spare. One of the things I always look at is if I don't know what to do, I'm going to slap shield or hull upgrade on there because that's never right. the wrong call. Although, pro tip, you can fit Leia crew on Ezra, which is pretty uh, nuts. Yeah, that's also really Yeah, good. which is also a thing. Um, yeah, we have some the new three-point uh, Leia carriers available to us. Um, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, drowning in choices, that is definitely... But, like, I keep saying... Because I keep saying, like, I don't know how to feel about it, because... Okay, so when I think of X-Wing... I thought, like, competitive X-Wing. Fun X-Wing, I'm totally for bringing as many ships as possible and putting all the junk on them, because I'm totally down for that. But, like, competitive X-Wing, I always thought that it was good to have um, a give-and-take system. So I could have a sick whoever, but I have to have a thinner this ship, this ship. You know what I right. mean? Like, there's a there's because a give-and-take. Because kind of towards your total points. Right. So now they're going, like, straight seam. And there is no take. Like, there yeah, really so, isn't. I don't see one. Yeah, it'll, it'll take a lot of getting used to, because for the 10 years of X-Wing existence, nine and a half of it bids existed. So, like, you mm -hmm. it was specifically bad for you to bring too many upgrades in certain lists. Mm -hmm. And even in lists that didn't particularly care about bids, it was usually better to try to fit another ship in. Uh, and then I even for the last, you know, eight months where bids have been gone, it's it, there's still opt we still had optimal ways to build out ships. And again, it was better to bring extra ships rather than to overload things. And that's, that's pretty out the window. Now you have every ship you bring, you should fill every point that you can on it because there's no reason not to. And it's, 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 it's different. I, I have found a couple of times where I'm like loading out and uh, let me know if you guys feel the same way. I, I start to build and they don't, the points don't add up. So, like, I'll have 17 points on Von Rig or something. I don't know what his points are. Um, but I'll be, like, one or two below the max that I can do. And I'll think to myself, was there a build they were wanting me to go for? Is there an optimum yeah. build? And then so, if I don't do that, then I'm like, am I not being, like, am I just building and being a fool? Like, So this is speculation, but I think it's more of they capped it to prevent things they didn't want, rather than this is how you should build it, if that makes sense. I don't know what they would have capped. There's a lot of ships like, that have exactly one upgrade point lost than the perfect upgrade on them. Yeah, so like a good example is I really oh, love well, I running... haven't done that yet. 
yeah, I really loved running Protorps, Advanced Optics, and Instinctive Aim on Kylo. And uh, if you put Protorps on Kylo, you don't have enough points for Advanced Optics anymore. Um, like mm. you're with just Protorps, you're one point shy of Advanced Optics. So like things like that, they they might not have wanted in the game, so they gotcha. they reduced the amount of points you could bring on that ship. Another example is Luminara and the Delta. Jedi. Um, she combos really well Chopper based on her pilot ability. She has exactly one point less of upgrades than the Chopper Astromech. Yeah, yeah that's another great example. Um, I'm not to say they might not have specific builds in mind, but I don't think they were... I don't believe that AMG was trying to solve how to build ships with those points. Like, I don't think they looked at, this is how you should load out Poe every time. I think it was right, that's more true. of a, we don't want all of this on Poe, so we're going to reduce the points so you can't bring everything. Poe's a bad example. He gets a million points, but that's... But the Kylo, Kylo. Yeah, sure. Uh, is it too early for me to ask this question of why do you think they gave ships 20 points to mess with? That's a uh, lot. I mean, so in general, the ships that have tons of points are iconic ships. Um, I mean, there might be an exception, but like, I think it's really cool that you always bring Han Solo loaded to the brim. Like, Han... Han should have a bunch of iconic stuff with him. Luke should be able to bring R2 and proton torpedoes and instinctive aim and yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I think they they probably wanted iconic ships to be a little bit better, and I think that's fine. Like, I that thought you would have been the against game. theme overbalance. I mean, I, that doesn't say that... That doesn't mean they're unbalanced. Like, those ships are also... No, no, very for sure. But it just seems like... I mean, they... And, and I get it. And I don't know... Like, I've like going through some conflict too, and I think we all kind of are because like, I think you take this thing that we know and then you change it, and I don't know it anymore. I literally watched the Cherokee open, and I didn't know what they were doing. They <laughs> dropped cargo things, and I was like, "That's whatever," <laughs> and I turned it off because I had I was getting upset with myself because I was so ignorant. I didn't know what was going on. So you gotta remember, it's been a week though. No, uh, I know, I know, I know. But when I see this, so like I'm going through this conflict of I feel. I don't know. I, I think it's like an old man grumpy thing that I do. And it's, it's like the youngest man on the podcast. Well, yes, but I am very, uh, you know, uh, so like, okay. So I see this and I'm like, oh, well, what is, what is 10 numb have 20 points worth of upgrades. That, that's a lot. You don't worry about, but then I'm building a list and I'm like, oh, hell yeah. We got 20 points of upgrades. On 10 <laughs> like I'm doing that. I'm literally upset that Vader gets 72 points worth of upgrades. And then, I have to face Vader with 72 points. I know it's not 72, but it's a lot. And I told you guys, because I don't like Imperial Aces, and I got mad the other day because I saw three of them who were loaded out. <laughs> there was Soon Tier with Predator, Hull Upgrade, and Shield Upgrade. And I, he was only like eight points, you know? And yeah, I so, think you can get some spicier Soon Tier build than that, too. But that's so <laughs> I think the big thing here <laughs> yeah. is you have to recognize that a loaded up Ace is not the same as it was in like as it was a week ago because he has to face a trajectory simulator B-wing that also yeah. has He's got to face some crazy shit. Another yeah, I totally upgrade. get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, all B-wings so, are double tapping B-wings now. Yeah. yeah, yeah just, with sync laser. I could just take whatever I want. Like it's so crazy. I get that though, Doug. I that makes sense. Like everybody gets to and I can't remember who said it like if it's if everything's broken it's not broken. Yeah, I think that's the you big know. thing, is uh, nobody... So, there have been a lot of people that have been... Maybe not even a lot, but there have been a couple of people that are like, the meta's going to get solved so fast, and 
to be blunt, that's bullshit. Like, this game <laughs> is so different than it was a week ago. Yeah, we're not that... going to solve the meta until months I... from now, because we have to solve how to play the game again. Yeah. Oh, God. So well, the... What's funny is that you can't solve the meta when the meta... Well, I want to say the meta's the same. It's not, but you said... So, like, the other day, there was uh, Imperial Aces that went undefeated at Cherokee. Okay, so Aces are still good. Except um, in Houston, list. immediately knocked out in the top 16. Like, right, right. So, and the thing is, the, suck, the right? list that won was a seven ship republic list, and that sounds really good. But two months from now, it might be a garbage list. It's literally so early that he right. could have won purely on the merit of understanding scenarios better than anybody else. We just don't know. True, we have true. absolutely no idea what is actually good and what isn't. Um, obviously, some stuff feels really good right off the bat, but yeah. anybody I, who thinks anything is definitively solved is is lying. I just think the same stuff is still going to be good. Jousting list. You got imperial aces. You're going to have First Order Aces. You're going to have uh, Rebel Beef, right? Which is a Justin. But you're going to have Damage Passing. You're going to have the same stuff you could have done in 1.0, or 2.0, sorry. But now you get to, like, put all the toys on them, and I totally get that. And it So when I built this list and I took it to the store, it was three B-Wings, a TIE Fighter, and a Z95. You know what I thought of? I thought about when I would go play with Matt at Pawn and Pine. Because... I don't remember if that was an option, but I think you could bring that as all generics uh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, my four B, yeah, four BZ was a classic yeah. list in first edition. And That's so, what I learned to fly with. And so I did that, and I remember flying 1.0 B wings and stuff like that. And I know that Matt likes B wings, so we kind of connected this way. And when I would drive up there, I felt like obviously I wasn't a child, but I felt like it was back in the olden days of like when I was brand new. You know, did I, did anybody else feel that way when you? Oh were yeah, hundred well, percent. Yeah, I will say from a list building, like how it feels, it feels a lot closer to first edition list building than second edition list building because you're putting upgrades on ships and, like, at, at the end of first edition in, in particular, it was bring two to four ships and you loaded them to the gill with upgrades because upgrades are so effective. Literally, and that's not sometimes oh, bringing a ship just to give one ship a second pilot ability. Yeah, like. like and that might that that's not that doesn't translate exactly to what we have now, but you are encouraged to bring as many upgrades as possible on every ship, uh, mm-hmm. so it does give that kind of same feel. And I want to circle back to what you mentioned earlier, Greg, about how it might be unbalanced. Um, we need to remember this is their first points change. Loadout amounts will change, costs of ships will change, and costs mm-hmm. of upgrades will mm-hmm. change. Um, if we remember, the first points of 2.0 was absurdly unbalanced. Oh, <laughs> oh God, like, yeah. So yeah. It's not I would, right off I would like to point out that every iteration of FFG points builds usually had something that was very abusable. True. Right, we're talking like right out the gate where everybody was flying super loaded down Boba Fett's and, uh, I mean, I was running Boba Cavill Lando with Boba and Cavill with every single slot filled. And it was efficient because the points were cheap. You, uh, you know what's funny? I'll put this in pers- <laughs> perspective. I was upset that resistance bombers weren't good at the beginning of uh, 2.0 because of how expensive they were. That's that's where my mind was. Everybody was like, Boba! And I was just like, oh, but resistance bombers. Yeah. But back back to my what I was saying about this is like they're not gonna nail it on the first try. It's impossible. So we have to we have to expect that things will adjust and if something ends up being broken because it has too many loadout points or whatever, it can mm-hmm. be adjusted. This is not the final points for two point five. No, and uh, one thing they said, I think it was on their fly better their interview right after two point five actually dropped. 
Um, like they they made it very clear that they're willing to adjust stuff if they find it problematic. But one thing I actually like that they're doing is unlike FFG, they are not sticking to a point schedule, uh, which I think overall is healthier for the game because whenever FFG yeah. said we're going to change points every six months, people would figure out what they thought was the best list and then declare the meta stale because there was no need to innovate because the points were going to change soon. Um, so I, I think the meta will stay fresher than people think because you don't know when stuff is going to change. So there's mm-hmm. no point in just like accepting this is the best list and moving on. Yeah. Fly what you like and learn from it. Uh, we went out, Doug and Alex and I, and played Wednesday night. And uh, Doug and I played the uh, salvage mission. Uh, and we were still trying to figure out a lot of the rules. We were doing things wrong, like we were counting half points, which you only do in chance engagement. Uh we forgot that if you do an advanced maneuver while carrying a uh, cargo token, it yeets it out at range one of you. And So you... this is kind of a sidebar, but I actually, there was an interesting argument, because there's a lot of rules that just need a little clarification. But uh, people seem to think that if you dial in an advanced maneuver with a cargo, you don't shunt it out, you do a stress maneuver. Because it says you cannot perform those maneuvers. Not that you have to discard it if you do one. Oh, interesting. I see. Yeah, we'll have to, and I'm sure there will be clarification. There'll be clarification on that. But uh, so I had the biggest thing I was looking at with these, I was going, yes, I can bring my old, you know, store champ days, rebel beef back with uh, Cassian and Braylon and 10 and Biggs. And now I've got all that damage passing with selfless in there, but I can throw pro torps on them and all these things. I can bring my favorite list with bonuses. Only to find that, yes, that is still an amazing, and as a jousting list, it got stronger. However, when you're trying to play a scenario that requires you to split your list up to grab things with non-maneuverable ships, I was like, oh, I'm fighting a very uphill battle here. And, I mean, to be fair, that was one game against yeah, that, that one was specific one archetype. Right. Like, and that's the, the, thing, the big that, thing is we don't actually know anything. No, but what I felt like was I came in with the expectation that I was going to be able to fly it just like I did two years ago. And I found myself going, oh, no, so many more choices now. And it it felt like the list flew the same because it's the same list. But what I was having to do with it felt different. Uh, Greg, you mentioned flying the uh, chance engagement scenario. All right, but where- before we get on too far, I think Smittle had a point. Oh, I just wanted to talk about how like our Doug and I played our first games of 2.5 against each other on Wednesday, and we played the uh, point control one, whatever it's called. Uh, satellite array. Something yeah, satellite but so array. that like so we, we had an interesting game. Like Doug hammed in for the points and then it ended up getting us Kylo caught. And so we, we don't even know if you should focus objectives or if you should focus killing ships. And uh, that's probably what when Doug was talking, understanding objectives is probably right. the strongest thing right now over your list. Um, knowing right. when to go for mm. objectives, when to kill people, yeah. when mm-hmm. to play defensively, that kind of thing is probably your strongest, the strongest boon you can have right, right. now. And no one's learned that yet. Uh, we're still learning things like how that turn zero uh, scenario feature placement and then obstacle placement can completely change the game. Uh, I know Doug and I did things like setting up large obstacles right around the center objective so it would be harder for the medium base ships to get in there and grab it and things like that are gonna be part of the strategy that evolves uh greg you were talking about the chance engagement how you both just shot one ship into that middle area it almost feels like okay this is kind of 
like a bid in and of, in of itself. When I'm setting up, how many of my ships am I going to send right for that center point? And how many of my ships am I going to use as flankers? Yep. That right now changes everything because so many lists often have like a standard setup that you see. Mm-hmm. And now because you are changing the the objectives placed on the board, things like that, it's just it's becomes I feel like it's going to become so much more complex. And I like that. It, it's it feels a lot fresher because especially right now when we don't know anything, but I think there's just so much more to know with the game now that it's going to take us longer to get to the point of mindless familiarity where the the point where people start complaining the meta is stale it's not because things are bad with the game it's because we've reached uh, a state of such familiarity that a lot of things are on autopilot i want to go on the record and say i don't think that's going to happen before we get a points change precisely it's going to take so long to learn the game uh They've even said that as X-Wing 2.5 rolls on, they're going to be adding potentially new scenarios every so often. And that's going to throw more, you know, monkeys into the, the barrel. So, Yeah, I, I do really like that it increases the complexity of Turn Zero. Like, um, I think Turn Zero has always been a bigger part of the game that, like, good players take advantage of. And I think this is another way to express skill that didn't exist or didn't exist as much before. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Uh, one of the things I can definitely say, and again, with Wednesday, uh, our first time putting stuff on the board, we screwed up a lot of the basic rules that we had to go back and reread. When you go out and you're playing with your friends and at game nights with these new rules, be patient, be willing to stop, pause, read the RRG, read the scenario guidelines, because right now everybody is in that learning stage. Uh, try not to get frustrated. It's, it's a learning process. I would also recommend not using time for your yeah. oh, first absolutely. dozen games or whatever. Like play play by rounds because that's intended, but uh, like time should be used for like prepping for tournament play. But right now we're just trying to learn the rules. Like so, don't don't put additional pressure on that doesn't need to be there. Let's say both the games I played didn't go to twelve rounds even. Like mm-hmm. I agree, play by rounds until you feel comfortable with the game, and then add your time limit. Ours didn't yeah. because we were we were playing with half points on ships, and that makes games end really fast if you're getting objective points. And half points on your opponent's ships because you really only have to score, you know, theoretically half as many objective points depending on how aggressive you are. I will say that's probably one of my way too early concerns uh, because, again, I don't know actually know anything about this yet. But uh, it does feel like games short or end in a very short number of rounds, which isn't necessarily a negative if the game feels resolved. But uh, like, and I guess in both of our games it did feel relatively resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I, I know I've definitely heard experiences of people playing like four round games and like, it's possible that a four round game feels resolved, but it's also very possible that somebody just like got an early lead and just snowballed it insanely fast, that sort of thing. Right. Um, that's, again, that's, that's a way too early concern, but it is there. Right. That's a concern. A lot of people have been seeing the fact that it's, it's easy to bring a, a high ship count list where you have a bunch of named pilots in it. Now that was never a thing before. I think, yeah, there's Republic lists with seven named pilots in them. Uh, A lot of these ships that rarely saw play competitively before, but now because of the nature of the game, you're often incentivized. You are definitely incentivized to bring named pilots over generics. And that's been one of the more controversial things that people are uh, complaining about out there. Which I think is a bit of a straw man argument in a lot of cases. There are people that generally like generics, myself included, but uh, like... 
I feel like a lot of people aren't recognizing that you can still bring high ship count lists that uh, essentially do the same thing that generics did in the past. Um, it's not the exact same, but I, I do think it's a problem that's being blown out of proportion. Uh, the, one of the other things is that, uh, especially with some of the loadouts, you're seeing that, and this was a th- this was definitely a thing mostly in like uh, CIS, but you have loadouts based on pilot and not chassis. Uh, there are, I mean, there yeah, are always things. Now has afterburners. <laughs> I mean, very all the things have mods now, so but it's not. Fen did before, and he does now. <laughs> but so that's actually a perfect example of where it existed before, and now where people are acting like it's a new thing, like. Yeah, it, like it so. One of, and Lebo. Like, yeah, exactly. I've seen some, a ton of people complain that Dutch doesn't have torpedoes, but that's probably a balance thing because they wanted Dutch to be able to be loaded up similar to other Y wings, but they probably didn't want the ship that's job is to take target locks to be able to bring proton torpedoes yeah, for the balance stupid. of the game. Like, you're yeah, stupid. it's a little goofy. He can't bring them, but balance does trump theme. Right, and that's exactly where I was getting at. Where. Uh, most of the T-65s have torpedo slots, but the partisan ones have missile slots instead. So you can bring five named X-Wings with tracer missiles and get an interesting list going with that. Uh, you can do things like, uh, who is it? Sun Fox has three talent slots, I just realized. Uh, you can still run your uh, Nationals winning, uh, Doug, the uh, Sun Fox and seven drones. Well, it was six That's drones cute. before. Oh, yeah. Was it six? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it six. used to be some fucking six. Now yeah, it's it was six. seven. <laughs> you mean it got worse? Uh, well, it yeah. Got better. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. no. Uh, but no, I think, uh, yeah, a lot of the storm and fury about not being able, because, and again, I love this archetype as well. Uh, bring a named pilot and a bunch of generics. We all flew that at uh, Crossroads to different degrees of you know, legit lists, but that's not as easy to do anymore because at almost every price point, if you have a generic pilot, you are better off bringing the named pilot at that same price point. Now, there are times when you might not want to do this. Maybe having all of the same initiative is really important to your list. Uh, Maybe you just don't find any need for those extra loadout points, and that's perfectly fine. But if you are mad that you pay the same cost for, say, uh, Commander Gorin and a generic Interceptor, and you can bring a lot more upgrades on Gorin, well, be mad about it. Just fly Gorin or accept that you're flying a less good ship. And there are some cases of... uh... Like, where it's ridiculous, the cost of a generic compared to the things. Like, for example, well, I was going to say the Academy pilot costs, this, which is essentially the same as a mining guild, they both cost three, costs the same as CLT Barris, an I-4 Jedi. <laughs> Why is that the same cost <laughs> as a TIE fighter? Like, there, there is some goofy things, but as, as Middle pointed out earlier, like, it's not going to be perfectly balanced, it's their first try, and they'll fix stuff. Right. Well, one of the things that we're used to is Initiative 1 pilots being the cheapest. Now Initiative 1 pilots have become valuable because of things like being able to mer- move first and claim area around an objective. Uh, 
not necessarily blocking someone to prevent them from having actions, blocking them out of range one of an objective or when they can't take the action to claim it is a really useful ability now. A lot of folks have been like, oh, with being able to attack at range zero, blocking isn't strategically valuable. Oh, no, it absolutely is. Because with objectives, positioning becomes even more valuable than it's ever Yeah, they, they definitely seemed to push it more towards uh, the middle initiatives are the most popular, and now the edges of the initiatives either have to pay more for, or it's harder to get, like with sixes and ones. Yeah, or you, like a lot of, like Fenrau has uh, less upgrade points than Tarok, and that's totally a bounce thing, and I get it. Like, you don't want APTs and afterburners on Fenrau. Like... <laughs> I agree. I do not That's want exactly that. enough points, though. You don't get <laughs> two talents. He has two talents now, too. Life is good for Femro. Clan training is about to come out. Best car yeah, that, Oh, man. It's a good time to play Femro. Except you can only fit like... four TIE Fighters with him now. Why do you hate me? <laughs> uh, also, for the record, you can fit well, my, my APTs. APTs are eight What now. the hell? This is reasonable, I guess. Yeah, they went way up. Um, well, if AMG yeah. hates me, too, I guess. Sorry, Brian, you were, or no, oh, Greg, you were saying something about, sorry, you've been replaced, Brian he went to Crossroads. Week, so we're, <laughs> a lot of sorry, Brian's <laughs> happening. Yeah. You were saying about <laughs> Chewy? Um, oh, yeah, so just like you're in, in six or five, uh, mine, mine was, uh, my list that I, it was just completely gutted as well, which is interesting, but uh, I think. Uh, so I have a couple of points, and these may be random, but I was trying to think of them while you guys were talking. Uh, when So Tyler brought Chewbacca in the Rebels, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't ever see Chewbacca in Rebels. Um, I wouldn't say don't ever, but we really don't. But now it's okay to bring him because you can deck him out because you had seven points. You didn't have eight. You didn't have nine, right? So I think Leia is eight, and I think Han is nine or something yep. like that. Chewie so is it's like with eighteen points of loadout, right? So you can you can put all kinds of crew. You could do this, you could do that, and it's like, oh, I'll I'll choose Chewie for seven. You know, you can actually do that now, which is super exciting. I do like that. Um, keeping score during the game. Uh, I was very excited that numbers went from 200 to 20 uh, because I don't do math good and during the game seemed a little hectic uh, obviously everybody's trying to get a uh, a score uh, counter all this stuff but it was actually kind of interesting because I felt myself getting more anxious because I was like I know the points I know what's happening and before I was like and eh, you know right Half of 56 is rounded to 25 or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever I was doing. But I would be like, okay, this is a, this is a rough estimate. And then I'd be like, I think I have 143 points. And I think he has 154 points, you know, and like, but now it's, well, you have seven and I have nine. Like, it's so easy. Um, And I think that. I say, I think it's also because the game ends at 20 points now rather than at ship destruction or time. So like. Whenever mm-hmm. you're, whenever they have three points left, you really feel the pressure of I have to prevent them from getting these three points, and you can't do it just by surviving like you could before. Right, and right. it feels like ace is high almost. Like yeah. when you're when you're playing and you see the or you have the points and you're like, okay, I know you need three, and I know you can do this to do this to get three or whatever, and then so it's kind of weird to go through your head. Um, so that was very interesting to me. Uh, I didn't know if anybody else 
kind of got a really different feeling about scorekeeping. No, you, you made that uh, point. Uh, something I was noticing going back and watching my stream game from Crossroads that was very close score-wise up until like the last 15 minutes. Had I known how close the score was through most of that game, I would have played probably a little more aggressively to try and get a solid lead on it while mm-hmm. trying to preserve some of my ships. But now it's very much that, like uh, you said, when there are three points left, you have to make that decision. Do I go on all-out offense? Do I play to block? Do I try and score points where I can? You have all these options, and it's a weird game of paper, rock, scissors, because if I need to stop Doug from getting three points, I think, okay, I have to take out Kylo. Doug might be thinking, I'm going to sacrifice Kylo and give up half points on Kylo so that I can claim the other points I need to win. When, you know, there's all sorts of new strategy having to be thought up on the fly for this. I love that. That's exactly the kind of game I'm looking for. Yeah, it was definitely different. Uh, It was definitely felt uh, more just like, I don't know, more anxious. Like I was like, I mean, it was fun, but it was just like, okay, we got to do this. I got to do this. Like I could actually focus rather than, Okay, I'm gonna turn here, try to kill that. It was like I I had everything planned out. So that was kinda neat. Um also, eh, I don't really know how to word this question. Uh okay, so I was building with first order. Doug, this is kind of for you. I was building with first order, and I went to Quick Draw. Um and Quick Draw no longer has a missile slot. Nope. Yeah, I've seen somebody so, mention that. You can load Quick Draw up. And I think this is an early hot take that Quick Draw is going to be a huge game changer for quotation mark aces because before I wasn't going to put the points of Afterburners on her. Okay? I wasn't going to Okay, I was going to put Fanatical, but now I get another talent. Now I get to choose. So potentially I get Predator. So I can choose yeah, the Because before, it was my single The big thing with Cook Draw in 2nd Edition was she needed to be really loaded out to feel effective, but then she took up too much of your list. And now, 6 points Correct. is pretty reasonable, and they give you it's 20 points good. to load her out. Yeah. Because you can throw Quick Draw, Von Reg, and Midnight. a... Uh, well, and a Kylo um, okay. in the Silencer. And that's, if I'm not wrong, uh, uh, 20. Also, another points. interesting sidebar, yeah. um, you can do barrage rockets yeah. on LeHughes, because LeHughes gets two missile slots, and that's just a cheaper <laughs> SF gunner that works out the back arc. Oh, my. Yeah, okay. I, there's so I many that. weird, so, neat things my, that still need figured out. So my my real thing that I was, which we you, you said it uh, before I had to tell you, um, is that I think in this mode these pilots that we did not see before or that we had to load out to make them good uh can now be loaded out for quotation marks free uh because say so she's six points and it's like well that's a great value for a quick draw and when in 2.0 i thought a great value was a slim quick draw so it's really weird to have to think about these things. It's, so but it's actually very exciting because like, now okay, I have the necessary upgrades, and you have ten upgrade points left over. 
I mean, you're like, but if I have all these additional points, is there something I can do better than what the old standard was? Because yeah. part of the old standard was always right. fitting as much in for as few points as possible. Yep. Cost, benefit. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the things we were talking about aces, and I was looking at the fact that uh, you can fit uh, Midnight, Von Ray, Quick Draw, and Backdraft in a list at 20 points, and Quick Draw lost his missile slot and gave it to Midnight. Yeah. Also, so, uh, Ion Missile uh, Midnight oh, is terrifying. Scary. That's all. That was, would... That's scary. Yeah. Wait, yeah. But target lock. Yeah, target yeah Midnight has to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Midnight's ability is when she has you locked, you don't get to modify dice. And then you eat the right. Ion. Okay. So okay. now, okay. right. the, uh, Quick Draw or whatever. Yeah. Boom. Right, you can run with ions. You can run. Uh, what I was looking at is because you have fif- you have fifteen points on midnight. Uh, you can do things like fanatical thread tracer, shield upgrade, hull upgrade, and now you have a tanky ship that is going to make your life a living hell and shoots at I six with tracers because that's arguably better than a two die attack. And yeah, it, it, it's situational. Okay, but think of but, it this way. Yeah, instead you have ion missiles. And now that Defender Vader has a re- very high chance of being ioned when you Which shoot at him. No evade token. Next right. And, that, and again, there's, there's there's all sorts of things you can do. You can give a bunch of ships double mods. So what I'm saying is these options that never even would have considered to us before, things that we only saw in the realms of the hilarious quick builds, are now our new reality. For example, Aiden has uh, both a missile right. and a torp, so you can actually build <laughs> the quick build. Back you have to find. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's actually a good point, Matt. I didn't even think about that. That is kind of the ridiculous quick build, mo- like, uh, model. I do want to say though, because I've heard people complaining okay. about that, it's different than quick builds because you get to change them and customize yeah. them, and like there is there's some well, absurdity. Tr- true, yes, but yes, like Aiden yes. doesn't have a, a target lock action still, so you either have to invest in targeting computer, targeting computer or oh, you have so to funny. invest in other ways to get her right. locks. Like it's it's not the exact right, same. Right. right. Yeah, so there, there's all sorts of fun you can have with it. Uh, I, I'm hyped, really. That's all I can say. You know, Alex, did you have a big I'm takeaway about fun. the new points? I played two games, enjoyed them both. Um, obviously, it's a brave new world. Um, but Federal had afterburners, so really, that was all I needed. Also, you can run three <laughs> um, public aces, assuming aces are good. Um, Delta B Anakin with regen and a shield upgrade delta b pl- or delta b plus with chopper and a full crit ada one all fits so because uh, crit adas are back uh, yep uh adas got cannon slots uh who else got cannon slots that i was absolutely oh. uh, shocked at wait somebody you showed me got cannon slots yeah i, I remember i was just bringing that up that someone got cannon slots and I thought it was like uh, you mentioned Kare. Was it with laser cannon? Yeah, Kare. Ka- Ka- yeah, Kare. Uh, you can't. Yeah, it, yeah you cannot do actually. We found that out. Uh, yeah, I was thinking well, that because Kare Kun has a cannon slot and a hard point, you could sync laser cannons on her. But I no, said that doesn't need fix in fix uh, Yasby because it lets you do it in Yasby. Yeah, it lets you do it in Yasby, but it's not actually. It has to do with how Yasby codes yeah. the hard point. Was it a droid? Uh, I think, yeah, there was something that surprised me that got cannon slots, and I was just going, wait, what? And, uh, yeah. Precise Hunters. That's what it was. Precise Hunters, the uh, I3. uh, You get 10 points. Yes. Also, the Initiative 2 Fireballs got two points. Of upgrades. Which is literally just that. And you can't do anything. Ty's got any upgrade points, so. Oh, I guess you could put... You could put ion missiles. But they can't target lock. Yeah. Oh, God, that's it. That's why I was like, <laughs> I was so stupid. 
Yeah, they're electronic they're castle. Good. There you go. Got it. That's a good ship. Uh, no, it's there there good. are one of the interesting things out there. Also, is that every faction has at least one two point ship that you can use as that filler ship. Uh, Empire and Separatists are the only factions that get generics in that role, which lead towards those being the swarmy factions. But a lot of people are still trying to have. I've had a lot of complaints about people saying, I'm building the list I want, but it comes out to 19 points. And that I can actually see the frustration there because you're Mm -hmm. giving a point up to your opponent through deficit scoring if you do that. But in the long run, you know, that's the, that's the choice you make by bringing that particular list of the complaints. I actually feel that is possibly one of the more, Understandable a lot of my lists that I like to that... find for 201 points in 2.0. Like, yeah, right, that sort of thing. Yeah, it, list building restrictions have always existed. They just look different now, so people are bringing it up. Like, I get what it, do... but like that's that's part of list building. That's why there are restrictions and hard set values. Like, it's to force you to build lists, yeah. not just put whatever you want in there. Yeah. So, do you guys? What do you think about? Because so. Uh, William, a buddy of mine, was talking about how he can't play Finn and Boba in the same list. Finn, yeah, Rao, and Boba? You absolutely can. That's all you get. That's 19 you, points. You absolutely uh, get. But you, right. You can't. Uh, no, you can't legal. because there's a three-ship list. Uh, you have to throw in for that third point. You have to throw in the autopilot. Drone. Autopilot joins no. the list. Oh, is it one point? Finn, Rao is only seven autopilot and Boba is ten. You have oh, three points left. you can bring over. anything. Yeah, you have three points left over, yeah. I was going to say, uh, no. Autopilot, autopilot drone is combo, then. Something... They oh, light light directly. <laughs> they like they like to me. Okay, what? Well, see, the autopilot drone should, should be it? a one point. Should ship. it though? That because then you look at then yeah. you get a cheap ass to Millennium Falcon, yeah. and then you get a free autopilot drone on top of it. Oh, there are other things like. I think the bigger thing is you build like a nineteen point list, and then you throw an autopilot drone, and yeah, it's going to blow up. But if it takes two points of like damage of the satellite array one, if it just sits on a point for two turns, it earned more than its points back. And you essentially have the same problem. Like, I, it does make the autopilot drone a useless pilot, but I don't think a yeah. one point pilot is healthy. For the game. Yeah, like the other than the Nashed pup, which is one point. That's <laughs> um, the no legitimate way to bring a Nashed pup. But, but I agree. But with you that. can't one take, point. One you point can't just take the Nashed um, They part. remove your need to make list building decisions. Yeah, yeah, and Nashed pup. Not only uh, do you have yeah. to bring a Trandoshan. Or a, a six six six, but you also it also doesn't come out until the ship dies. Like it, it completely right. disregards it, yeah, that it, loophole. Spe- specifically, it must be Bosk because Bosk is the only one with the title. Morallo and Lats, yeah, because they were the title part anymore. Of only I would like to point out that Lats specifically yeah. did fly the Houndstooth, but what cannot I'm saying equip is it. ridiculous, and they should fix it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can point to the episode of Clone Wars where Lats and Rossi flew the Houndstooth. Uh, I don't, make I don't make your objections known. <laughs> hey, you should write a letter to A and Z. Yeah. And then after all this comes out, you should break off and create a legacy <laughs> thing. Oh. We do, not, we do not need more Brexwing. So. <laughs> Uh, with that, I think uh, I think we've come to a consensus that X-wing is in a new place. We all think it's a good place. I'm optimistic. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm optimistic. I, I'm I'm not saying I love everything they came out with, but I had fun my first game. I will say 
I think mm-hmm. I've reiterated this multiple mm-hmm. times. I just want people to give it a try, like it, like an honest try. Yeah, uh, I realize it's try. difficult if you're not looking forward to it to go in with a like unopinioned. Like if you come in expecting to hate it, you're going to hate it, and uh, I can't force you yeah. to not feel that way. But like, just just try, man. Just give it an honest effort where you just try and enjoy it for what it is. And maybe it won't be for you, but I, I think there's a lot of people that are letting themselves get too mad to actually give it a chance. Fair enough. Uh, well, if you want to see more of the new rules in action, later this month at Adepticon, the Gold Squadron podcast will be running the first actual world's qualifier using the new 2.5 rules. Uh, Dion has put up a... Uh, a guideline of how the tournament is going to work. It's linked on the uh, GSP Facebook and their Discord. So if you're going to Adepticon, it behooves you to check that out. Uh, there's a lot of new things in there, so be sure you know what to expect if you're going to Adepticon. Are any of us planning on going to Adepticon? Yes. Yeah. I I hope so. <laughs> I no canceling, to. Greg. All right. Tell your kids too bad if they uh. can <laughs> No, I had to cancel Adepticon we all did. 2020 because of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, and then, right. Yeah, yeah, everybody. And then I had to cancel Crossroads, so I, I'm going. You know what's yeah. really crappy though? It, what day are we leaving? Because uh, I'm. It's what day? Donna's birthday's on the 20th. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. When I told her, I said, "Hey, I'll do something for you on another day," but uh, I'm going. So. Yeah, uh, I will not be attending, so I will be watching on stream and. Uh, you know, cheering you guys on every step of the way. So that's coming up. Uh, it's going to be the biggest uh, event, most likely. Uh, that At least it's been announced so far this year. Uh, and Adepticon was huge last time we went. And I don't know if it'll be that big this year. But with a lot of people uh, wanting to get back into playing, it could be uh, pretty big. Well, how big was LVO? Uh, uh, 148 or something like that. Okay. And that's about how, you know, big it was when I went in 2020. Uh who knows? We could see another 300-person uh, It's capped at 250, I think, but it's only one day of flight, and I don't think it was particularly close no. to it being sold out. Is it? But I think it was it was mm-hmm. over 100. But Yeah, it was over 100 when I bought I have no doubt that Adepticon as a whole is going to be packed like it always was, because it's the single biggest wargaming war convention, and it's the first time that's happened to years in uh, mm-hmm. wargamers. They have money to burn, and they are passionate about their hobby. <laughs> True. All right. So with that in there, uh, again, if you're going to Adepticon, make sure you review those tournament rules. Don't be surprised when you get there. Uh, we got any uh, shout-outs we want to give this week in uh, our first shout-outs of the new X-Wing 2.5 I know era? we already shouted him out, but uh, he's old and probably doesn't remember. So my father, Bob Howe. Old. I mean, <laughs> Bob. <laughs> old old Bob Rock? <laughs> no, Bob Rock oh. is someone totally different. Uh, I want to give a, uh, actually, I do owe two things from Adepticon. One, uh, shout out to Caleb, a new listener who I got to sit next to, uh, actually sat right between me and Doug, I believe in, uh, round four and, uh, had, uh, he, he did better than I did at Adepticon. So great job, Caleb. And also, uh, I have to actually, uh, issue a bit of a, uh, retraction from my comments about, Crossroads 2019, where I was playing Aces High, and the eventual winner, Gordon Berg, did so with uh, a heightened perception Mace Windu. And in jest, I refer to that as a NPE, when it was truly 
anything but. Gordon's a great guy. He is fun to fly against. And he's one of the people that makes his community a better place. Uh, unfortunately, I did not get to play against him in Aces High this year because he was busy uh, actually being social yeah, and cheering on his Gordon friends in the uh, finals. I was so sad. Yeah. Gordon is a great guy. Uh, thank you for bringing that up to me, Gordon, because if uh, if it appeared that I did you dirty, I meant nothing but respect. You had flown a great uh, Aces High tournament back then, and I hope to match up against you one of these days again. Get my Get my win back. <laughs> anybody else got anything they'd like to right, uh, out put Sam out there from north carolina but i'll shout him out again thanks for listening and congrats on making all our the first ever 2.5 event huge. it's pretty exciting yeah a historic achievement quite literally uh something we'd also like to throw out there is uh the folks that put together these squad building apps such as yet another squad builder uh launch bay next they got them updated within 24 hours of the complete upheaval of points and list building. And that's no small feat. So uh, take a moment if you are in a Discord or a group with them, thank them. If you are able to throw a donation at them uh, to help keep those systems up and running, do so. Because those are invaluable resources to this community. Uh and those guys put in a lot of unrecognized labor that we really should recognize more. All so, on the same fans, yeah. the uh, the guy who does Fly Casual uh, already updated the new squad points. He hasn't gotten the scenarios done yet, but he's from the Ukraine. And uh, let's just say that they're having Ooh. some troubles right now. So if you want to support him. Stay strong and stay safe, Fly Casual guy. Absolutely, yeah. Nope. Sandrum, uh, our hearts are with you, man. Uh and I don't think it's any big stretch to say we're all uh, kind of on edge about things happening in that part of the world. We do have uh, a couple of listeners from the Ukraine, and we hope you guys are safe. 100%. Uh, more than anything else, that's you know really what we're, uh, we're pulling for. We're, we're sitting here talking about moving spaceships around on a table, and some folks out there are literally in uh, the, the middle of a war. So this is uh, a time to... Realize that maybe some of the issues we have about this, uh, you know, plastic spaceship game we play kind of pale in comparison. So keep some perspective. Sure. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, and hopefully on a more joyous note, as we are going forward into uh, new this new era Brave of two point five, I I look forward to seeing uh, you guys across the table with these scenarios. Uh, I look forward to flying some really wacky stuff as it comes up and. Uh, Complaining about everything if Doug ever goes back to flying Sunny plus seven. I don't plan to. But, it's good uh, to have in the back pocket. Yeah, it's in the back pocket. Sunny plus seven what? Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Toshi Station Radio. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Toshi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, on Twitter at Toshi Station XW, on Twitch at Toshi Station X-Wing, and on YouTube at Toshi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Toshi Station X-Wing and toss us a few credits to help keep the hubs off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.